0: Jesse Agler joins us from Peoria. Jesse, how you doing? Good to finally talk to you again. Hope you had a great off season.
1: Thank you, Chris and uh, Tony and Scraby. It's good to be with you guys. Are you, are you making it out here, Chris and Scraby?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. We will be there uh, okay. the final week of March, or the second to last week of March. March 21st through the 24th. 24th. Yes, he needs to know the date so that he can circle that on his calendar. Yes, 24th to Tony. <laughs> it's very I'm going to start... Um,
1: I'm going to start a countdown timer on my phone <laughs> yeah. so that I can regularly check how long it'll be. Regularly until check
0: get. that. Well, everything yeah. has to be timed now, Jesse. Every pitch, <laughs> every at-bat, and every trip to Peoria. You know, I was thinking of this on the way over, and I was just saying to myself, going into the off season, based on last year and the finish and the way the offs went, mm-hmm. If the Padres had done absolutely nothing this offseason, like just totally stood pat, it probably wouldn't have been all that bad. So how do you categorize what they did do this offseason, Jesse?
1: Very exciting. I I mean, look, you're you're right, because that roster that went to the NLCS last year is a really good roster. That's a roster that if you left it like that, it wouldn't be crazy to think they could get that far or even further this season. But you add a guy like Bogarts to the lineup, You sort of reinforce the pitching staff a little bit. That, to me, actually, is kind of like the sneaky, most important thing that happened. You know, just that collection of signings, you know, Waka and those guys. And on top of everything else, obviously, you get, like, Juan Soto having a full spring here, a full way to sort of, like, become a part of this thing and get a fresh start. And an offseason where he's able to work on his swing and get right whatever he needed to do. I mean, this roster... Yesterday was a perfect illustration of, of what they're capable of when they're at their best. And I'm not suggesting that it'll be 18 runs on a regular basis <laughs> or anything like that, but, you know, I mean, Tony and I talked about it, and you guys might have talked about it earlier, like it was just you could see it coming. And, you know, if you're a pitcher who's not dominant and you start to get in trouble against the bottom half of this lineup, you got no chance. You've got no chance. Um, because if those guys get rolling, all of a sudden, you know, you got four or five of the best hitters in the National League all coming up back to back to back to back. And it's, it's hard to pull out of that spin. It really is.
2: Yeah, one of the things that happens to big league pick- pitchers is that pressure starts to mount. You start to know you have to be finer. You have to make sure you put the ball in this exact spot. And what tends to happen for even good pitchers, when they start thinking in that way, they make mistakes. You're making mistakes to those five guys Jesse just mentioned. Uh, you're going to get results like you saw last night. Jesse, you've been here uh, about a week and a half longer than I have. Um, and so you've kind of seen these guys build up four games in well, almost officially four games here uh, as the, the ball clubs in the top of the ninth right now. What, what's been your early spring season takeaway from just the vibe that you've seen just walking around?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a team where like just the the severity of the talent is so in your face. You know, you walk into the clubhouse and it's like, oh, all-star, oh, future Hall of Famer, oh, all-star, oh, future Hall of Famer. You know, and it's like, you can't escape that. And it, it brings with it sort of almost like, uh, this is a word we don't often use in baseball, but like a gravitas. You know, there's, there's just this sort of, you know, regal feeling in there. A guy like Nelson Cruz along with Manny, along with Soto, along with Bogarts, And like, you know, we'd heard a lot about Xander's personality and how he's like the world's greatest teammate and he's a really great guy and all that. And I'm sure all that's true, and we've seen some of that. He is also a very serious professional, I am yeah. seeing in these early goings. You know, it's not like he's all fun and games, like laughing. You know, he, he's he got a different personality than Fernando, for instance. You know, Fernando is always kind of bouncing around and smiling and laughing and it's not a criticism in any way. That's just his personality. That's part of what makes him a wonderful person. That's part of what makes him Fernando. I, I kind of maybe in my head assumed Bogarts would be similar just based on everything I had heard, and I don't think that's the case you know, Xander's got, like, a real seriousness to him. Um, You know, the guys like Manny and Soto and Cruz have as well. I mean, look, this is a team that has one goal. And that goal, obviously, is to win the World Series. And, like, you can feel that as soon as you walk into the clubhouse.
0: Jesse Agler is with us from Peoria. And, uh, of course, he's the voice of Padre baseball right here on 97.3 The Fan. Padre manager Bob Melvin said that Fernando Tatis Jr. will be the designated hitter tomorrow's game against the Giants. I mean, just how how kind of exciting is all of this? I mean, uh, you know, when, when the whole thing went down in August, I think there was some question as to, you know, whether or not the fan base was going to be forgiving of Fernando. Well, time yeah. has gone by. It seems to me everybody's pretty darn excited that Fernando is coming back and can't wait for him to start playing 20 games into the season.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and it probably helps, you know, for a lot of fans, right? The team had the success they did last year. Um, because, you know, maybe if they went out against the Mets in the wild card round, it'd be a lot easier to sit around and be like, man, imagine if they would have had Fernando. You know what I mean? But it, it was sort of like they made a good run. They got better this off season. He's a young guy. He obviously, um, you know, had a lot of money in the bank with the fan base from his previous accomplishments. Um, and, and so you're right. I think it's been overwhelmingly positive. I'm sure there are still people out there who are upset. And I understand that you, you have that right as a fan. You certainly do. Um, but I think in San Diego, people, uh, generally speaking, are very, very happy because they're going to get to see this guy play baseball again. And he brings extraordinary joy to all of us when we get to watch him play. You know, it's not only that he's a great player, which obviously he is, but it's the way he's great. It's an exciting great. It's a it's a sort of exuberant great that, you know, not every great player has. And so, again, you add it to the mix with all these other guys. and It's just really, really fun. And, you know, look, the other thing is, that just to go back to the fan stuff, is, you know, he he knows what it's yeah. going to be like on the road this year. And it's, it's not just going to be Dodger Stadium, and it's not just going to be New York or Philadelphia. You know, I mean, I, I think he's he's very realistic that it's it's going to be tough sledding away from Petco Park this year for him. And I think he's 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 going to be able to handle that better than, than maybe most 23-, 24-year-old guys would be able to. Not that it's going to be fun necessarily or easy to get that reaction every time you come to bat. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to catch him off guard, and I, I think that's important for the Padres going forward here.
2: Yeah, no, this is, this is where his maturity will will really start to kind of show and, and be of help to him as he starts to go. Because as Jesse said, it's, it's going to be everywhere he goes that he's going to be hearing loud, raucous boos, I guess depending on how well teams draw that the Padres go play. Jesse, um, Manny Machado um, signs the 11-year deal. Uh, they basically rip up the old deal. They, they do a new one. And it's not often that you and I, I don't know that we've ever really been able to have – the legacy conversation. But with this contract, that's kind of the area we're in, right?
1: Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, that's it. That, that locks it up. Right. I mean, you know, it, 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 it isn't hard to project what he's going to be able to do over those 11 years. AJ Casavell wrote a nice piece that's on Padres.com about, you know, like the sort of milestones that are within reach and, you know, maybe trying to figure out when they could take place, but he is going to hit a lot of very big numbers. And we now pretty much know, assuming he passes his physical, which I'm sure he will, that, you know, those those accomplishments will be made in a Padre uniform. And that is obviously a, a huge deal. And look, you said it yesterday on the radio when we were talking about it. I mean, it, it puts him in a conversation next to your dad. Um, and and that's <laughs> that's a pretty big thing to say about anybody in San Diego. So, I mean, he's going to accomplish a lot of things individually, and hopefully the teams that he's on and the teams that he's leading accomplish some pretty serious things. Uh, in terms of their goals and accomplishments as well, because um, yeah, I mean, look, there there will be no question now, you know, if 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 he indeed stays on his Hall of Fame track, what hat he's going to be wearing on that plaque in Cooperstown. Jesse
0: Agler is with us from Peoria. You know, this is this is going to be a probably a love fest at least until the Padres lose their first game of the regular season and. That's a wonderful thing. I'm sure everywhere you've gone, Jesse, people are like, Oh my God, you're gonna have an unbelievable season and this team. What do you make of this nonsense of, you know, baseball all of a sudden now putting together a I don't know, a committee to look into overspending and all of this stuff? I, I just I, I really find it hard to believe that baseball wouldn't want all of its teams to go for it as much as they possibly can and they really ought to be investigating these teams that aren't going for it more than the ones that they are. Do, do, doesn't that seem to make sense to you?
1: Yeah, of course. But look, it's, we're talking about a couple of different things, right? When, when you say baseball should want their teams to do this, yes, that's true of the marketing people. Um, you know, the people who are in charge of getting as many eyeballs on the sport as possible. There's no question. But that's not who runs baseball. The people who run baseball are the owners of the team and you know there are 20 of them maybe you know who who disagree very seriously with everything you just said uh despite the fact that it would be good for the sport and good for everybody involved you know that old saying about you know a high tide raises all ships or whatever like that's true you know i mean like the 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 more teams that are better the better it is for more teams um but that's just not the way a lot of these owners choose to operate their business which i suppose is their right it's obviously as a fan about as frustrating of a thing as you can possibly imagine. But look, this, this isn't a new thing in baseball. I mean, you come back to the history of this game, you read that old boards of the realm book. I mean, this is, this is generally how many baseball owners have behaved for many, many years. We are very, very fortunate to be in a time and place in San Diego where, you know, we've got a guy who's bucking the trend, uh, because there have been very, very few precious of those guys over the course of this game. That's just sort of the reality of the ownership history in Major League Baseball.
2: Jesse Agler joins us here, voice of the Padres, here on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. And and Jesse, you and I have uh, had some good discussions here over these first three games that we covered in terms of the new rules, um, in terms of um, – and, and it's not just a pitch clock. We're talking no shifts. We're talking the pickoffs. I was just telling Chris about what one of the things that both you and I have noticed – have been the back picks from from the catchers. That's kind of taken mm-hmm. the place for some of the pickoffs from the pitcher. Uh, 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 putting that aside, what else has surprised you, or has or has maybe been somewhat different than you thought it would be of these rules that are out there?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I think the the pitch clock is doing pretty much what we all expected it to do. Yeah. I know you and I. We're, we're we were not ready for it game one you know like let's just come out <laughs> no. and admit that we can we can say that now in our little post-game press conference here like we were not ready for it um we thought we were ready for it we prepared for it we talked about it we thought about it and it still knocked us on our butts but um you know but after a game it's fine and and yeah so i think that's doing what it does i'll say with the shift thing you know i <laughs> I, I i got tremendous joy from seeing a couple of balls get through the infield the last few days that wouldn't have in the last couple of years. And, and, you know, I, I get why you did you're a hitter, but like as a fan, you know, it, it, it reminded me of like, yeah, that's, that's supposed to be a hit. And like, it's good when a ball in a place that's supposed to be a hit is a hit and not a routine out. Um, And, and I think as time goes on, we'll also see, you know, more of those great diving attempts and plays by your middle infielders, you know, as they kind of go away from the middle or up the middle to try and steal a hit and, Look, the thing Theo Epstein has been saying about this, and he's exactly right, is, you know, we're, we're not interested in which team is the best positioning algorithms. We're interested right. in which team has the best athlete up the middle. And now it's going to be the athleticism that leads to plays being made and outs being recorded and not, you know, some coach telling a guy to stand two and a half feet over to his left. So um, I, I just, I really did. I got real joy of just seeing that ball trickle on through or push on through the infield that, you know, the last couple of years, we all know wouldn't have been a hit.
0: Jesse, uh, do you know who Dave Lapham is, by any chance? That name ring does a does sound team?
1: familiar. Yes, he a... rings a bell, but I'm going to need help. Yeah, he's
0: a Hall of Famer as far as our uh, rate the radio call is concerned. Because <laughs> he, right. he is the color commentator for the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's a little clip of him talking over the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals play-by-play guy this year.
1: Huntley sticks the ball out. The Bengals have the ball. They are running it back. Sam Hubbard with blockers behind him. Hubbard of the Ravens 40, (laughs) the 30, the
0: 20. All right, so you get the idea of what we're talking about, Jesse. Uh, Obviously, Tony Gwynn Jr. has been hearing all of this, and he's telling us that he's very excited to start yelling some of those same things (laughs) during your play by play this year thought we'd get an early comment from you on how that might might go down
1: <laughs> i am uh, i am never going to tell tony how to do his job i'll just say that and tony tony knows how to do his job very very well he doesn't need any help from me any advice from me but i like the idea of like you know, on a on like a ball in the gap, a guy's trying to score from first base. You know, it's like rounding second on his way to third. Go! You know, <laughs> waving him home. You know, it's, ah, it could get a little uh, it could get a little chaotic, but you know, yeah. chaos is fun. Chaos yeah, it was response. classic stuff.
0: We 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 had to get your thoughts on that before the start of the season because we've been joking the entire off season that. You know, Tony's obviously never gonna do stuff like that. He's done a great no. job of working with you. And I mean your guys' chemistry has really become something here in two years. I, I don't know how to you know how you would answer this, but do you do you work on anything personally during the off season or do you just kinda let the whole season relax and head into another year?
1: Um I, I mean it's not like there's uh you know, like a, a gym for broadcasting, but yeah, I mean <laughs> I, I, know. I I go back I, I go back and I listen um you know and 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 you know not too often because you don't want to beat yourself over the head with it but I I do go back and listen to stuff um you know it's funny because if you remember something being really good you go back and listen and you go "Eh, it was fine and and if you remember something being really bad and then you go back and listen to it you go "Eh, it was fine um but you know you, you try and pick up a couple things here and there and you say you know what maybe a little bit more of that maybe a little bit less of this um you know that kind of thing so that's that's what I do I do that during the season as well and uh yeah, I mean, the, the main thing is to kind of rest and recharge as best you can, get yourself in good physical shape because it's it's a long grind, obviously, during the season, and, and we expect it to be extra, extra long this year.
0: Extra long, extra fun. Jesse Agler from Peoria. Thanks so much for the time, as always, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. and I will look forward to seeing you soon. I'm sure Tony will see you manana, and uh, I know you'll have a great season, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, you're welcome anytime.
1: I I look forward to seeing you and Scraby in 18 days, 22 hours, uh, 16 minutes, and 11 seconds. The clock
0: is running. The clock is running. Jesse Agler joining us there on the uh, Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads.